Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braddon. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And hey, no cousin Shane on this episode of the show. He was supposed to be on it. Got sick as a dog. <laughs> Guy's always got an excuse, but this time I think it's real. So if you follow cousin Shane, Big Orange Vols on Twitter, give him a shout out. He he can use some love right now. He's sleeping one off, but reached out. Actually, he reached out to me. It's not often people reach out to me requesting to be on the show. Usually it's the reverse, but friend of the show, Brian Stoltz from AuburnSports.com. Caught the uh, Joseph Goodman interview from a couple days ago. Go back and check that out if you missed it. I enjoyed it. Good stuff. But pretty heavy anti-Hugh Freeze. Brian wanted to give the other side of it. And I think that's important to do. Both There's two sides to every story. Brian, really good information. Again, not combative at all, but uh, just sharing a different side of Hugh Freeze that I think Auburn fans are going to like that interview and real quick before we get rolling here with the news and notes just a little announcement for fans of the paul feinbaum show i'll be on friday i'm opening the show i don't know if that's good or bad to be honest with you but they've asked me to come on friday to open the show three o'clock eastern two central watch it live record it all that jazz always a good time with paul always a great little publicity here for the show so uh tune into that one a little plug there but all with the news and notes for the day man we do we have some drama around the sec wednesday evening thursday thursday basically all day here and we'll start with uh the biggest kind of firestorm here several reports that south carolina had zeroed in on Mr. Dow Loggins to be their next offensive coordinator. Now, you may be saying to yourself, who in the hell is Dow Loggins? <laughs> well, he's at Arkansas right now. He's the tight ends coach. Before that, several stops in the NFL as an offensive coordinator. But, you know, that sounds good on paper. But just look at the lack of production. I was about to say the production, the lack of production for – the three teams, Dow Loggins was offensive coordinator in the NFL. The Bears, this is back in 2016, the Bears 28th in scoring in the NFL, and that's out of 32, 28 out of 32. The following year with the Bears, 29 out of 32. He was on to the Dolphins the next season. They were 26th in scoring in his one year there. Then he went to the Jets and got even worse, 31st. In 2019, 2020, his final season with the Jets, dead last, 32nd in the NFL and scoring just over 15 points per ball game. So basically everywhere he's been, the offense has been dreadful. Now that could be a number of issues. I don't – if you go for the Bears the last couple of years before they got Justin Fields, the Dolphins before they got Tua, and the Jets, I think the Jets are still pretty awful. But no – Notable quarterbacks that Dow Loggins had to work with. So you could certainly make that argument. Dow Loggins has got an outstanding track record in the coaching circles. Again, not necessarily because of his production, but a good recruiter. Just look at the 
the tight ends Arkansas is recruiting now. I think they got three four-star tight ends committed and a couple other non-tight ends that Dow Loggins has helped bring aboard. There's speculation that if Kendall Browse were to leave Arkansas, Dow Loggins would have been the choice to be offensive coordinator for Sam Pittman. And, you know, at the end of the day, just because a guy failed at the NFL doesn't mean he would be bad in college. One of the best examples I can think of, Mel Tucker, he was awful as Bears defensive coordinator. One of the worst defenses I've ever seen. Kirby Smart hired him on his first staff. I thought that was a huge mistake. It's one of the best moves Kirby made down there. Of course, Mel Tucker went on to Colorado head coach, did well there. He did so well, he became Michigan State coach. Now he's got a hundred million dollars guaranteed contract. So, and it, there's many others like that. Just because you failed somewhere else doesn't mean you'll be a failure at your next stop. But understandably, <laughs> I even see saw some Gamecocks apologizing to Marcus Satterfield, asking him to return when they heard this news. And again, this is not official. Dow Loggins, as of uh, Thursday evening, as I'm recording this, he has not officially been named the South Carolina offensive coordinator, but it certainly is trending that way. We'll see if that's the actual candidate, but <laughs> it's just hilarious when you, again, I I was trying not to mock it too hard, but you, you heard Dan Mullen for some reason. I don't know why that was ever floated out. Kendall Browse was also floated out. I've heard if Kendall Browse leaves Arkansas, he's going to go back to the state of Texas where he's from. He's not going to go to another SEC program, particularly one further from Texas. Some fans have convinced themselves while they were interviewing Loggins there in, in Arkansas, they must have. This is a smokescreen. They're getting Kendall. I don't think so. But we'll see how this goes. Be uninspiring would kind of be the best way I would think. And again, pro style, it can work. I mean, Todd Munkin's killing it at Georgia with the pro-style attack, but I really thought that Shane Beamer would get away from this. Satterfield clearly, aside from two ball games, didn't it just didn't work. Why bring the complexity? That was the issue. They, they need to simplify things. As soon as they simplified it, the offense was incredible. So this would be an interesting hire. Would not be a popular hire based on the last 24 hours of reaction from Gamecock fans. But again, we'll see. It's not official. But what is official, another freak out here, Mississippi State. Oh, man, they're going through it. We hit on it on the last episode. Dylan Johnson, the running back, hit the portal, called out Mike Leach in doing so. Not long after that, Xavion Thomas, true freshman, a four-star receiver, one of the best punt returners in the SEC. He's in the portal now at Mississippi State. Nathaniel Watson, the SEC's leading tackler, Claimed to be in the portal. Then he just said he was just kidding around. He was he was joking with everybody. But, man, Mississippi State fans are on one. There's speculation. Woody Marks, the other running back, could jump in the portal. Of course, Ra Ra Thomas, I think he's going to be one of the best, probably top ten receivers in the SEC next season. If he stays in the SEC, he's got offers from basically every SEC program after jumping in the portal from Mississippi State. He will not be back playing for Mike Leach. But it's a tough spot to be in if you're Mississippi State. And I've touched base with someone there talking about what the heck is going on down there. NIL is a mess. They're getting that in line. But, you know, players are wondering what they can get. 
I've even heard that some of the players that have jumped in the portal are essentially recruiting active players on Mississippi State to jump in the portal to get those NIL offers in line from other programs in the SEC around the country. So, I mean, it's just a mess right now at Mississippi State. Seems like the defense under Zach Arnett, who I'm told is fully committed to the NIL, they're locked in, ready for a big comeback season, while <laughs> Mike Leach not as in favor of the NIL. It's weird how we – I mean, we got different factions of the coaching staff even not sold on NIL on different aspects of it. So certainly seems to be some validity to this because it's all mostly offensive players that are jumping into the portal here, testing what they can get in NIL. But this is going to be a fascinating offseason there in Starkville, and we're already hmm, we're already a couple days into this portal thing, and their offense has been ravaged by the portal to this point. That's not to say these guys won't be back. But it's looking doubtful, to say the least. And I think it's safe to assume that, uh, you know, you hear the speculation of, of NIL kind of being a distraction, hurting locker rooms. Certainly seems to be the case there at Mississippi State, based on what we're seeing and what I've heard. So just take that for what it's worth. <laughs> Man, I feel like a doomed gloom here, as Shane Beaver would say. I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom we got well a mixed news here let's kick it on down to kentucky next chris rodriguez announced on thursday he will also be sending out the music city bowl against iowa so now the wildcats will be down will levis they'll be down chris rodriguez those two accounted for over 76 percent of all offensive production for the wildcats and somehow the over under is still at 31 for this ball game. Bet that sucker down. I mean, who the hell is going to score in this football game? I don't know, but it could be an ugly, ugly football game. That's the bad. I don't know why I always want to start with the bad. Get to the good. Sounds like some things are trending in Kentucky's favor. Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, saying 95% chance Liam Cohen back as Kentucky's offensive coordinator next season. That would be huge. I don't know what the holdup there is. Maybe the NFL season. I don't know if Kentucky can wait that long for Liam Cohen. But, hey, that sounds pretty promising. One of the best offensive coordinators in recent SEC history. Of course, he had Wondell Robinson. He had Will Levis. Those players, Chris Rodriguez, none of those guys will be back. But who potentially could be on the roster? And maybe this is all part of the deal. Maybe Cohen is waiting for the quarterback. Maybe a quarterback's waiting for Liam Cohen. I don't know the full story, but it is being reported by a guy, Brett Greenberg. And again, I don't know how well-sourced this Brett Greenberg is, but he is saying former Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz expected to transfer to Kentucky. So that would, if that's true, that kind of suggests that uh, Kentucky has an idea, or at least Graham Mertz has an idea, who this coordinator is going to be. He's not going to make his decision without knowledge of the coordinator. So we could be much further down the road with all this than many people realize. Getting Liam Cohen, getting Graham Mertz, 
would seem like a coup for Kentucky Wildcats. If you're unfamiliar with Mertz, starter from Wisconsin, I believe a three-year starter, over 5,400 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, 26 interceptions at Wisconsin, who ran a pro-style type offense, which would, again, suggest Liam Cohen. There's a fit there. And I believe Graham Mertz was the highest-rated quarterback prospect in Wisconsin history. If he wasn't a five-star, he was borderline five-star. So massive, massive talent. Certainly more accomplished than Will Levis when Levis came down to Lexington. So if Liam Cohen could turn Will Levis into a productive college player, just imagine what he could do for Graham Mertz if that is indeed the next Kentucky transfer quarterback. Great news if all this comes to fruition for Kentucky. We were selling stock at Kentucky on the last episode. We may have to buy it if all this comes to fruition because that's what the portal can do for you. It can change your fortunes in a hurry. You got to nail this offensive coordinator hire. I hope for their sake it is Liam Cohen. He did a hell of a job his one season there at Kentucky. All right, Chad, hey, this is a perfect time to let the audience know we are brought to you by Game Time Sidekicks. I got my Game Time Sidekicks right here. They send us a bunch of gear. I liked it so much, Shane, I had to turn around and order a bunch for the holidays. And uh, one of my buddies has had a birthday. I get him his Game Time Sidekicks. You can get your Game Time Sidekicks, Shane, at GameTimeSidekicks.com and get 15% off your entire order this is a knoxville tennessee based business run by a florida gator so hey not completely biased over here but uh, this is stainless steel drinkware shane really outstanding product a very heavy double wall insulated lined with copper to make sure your drinks stay hot or cold all day all tailgate and all work day long this is officially licensed ncaa gear they've got every SEC team covered at Game Time Sidekicks. And don't forget that promo code, hey buddy, all one word, and they'll give you 15% off your entire order. Again, that's GameTimeSidekicks.com, promo, hey buddy, all one word. And you can find that information in the show notes. And we're also brought to you by Prize Picks, Shane. Head on over to PrizePicks.com, daily fantasy sports. What we love about prize picks, they got college football selections. I was on a heater, but damn, Will Levis and A&M, now I'm on a – you can fade my prize yeah. picks selections here, Shane. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm crashing and burning. But go on over to prizepicks.com. They'll match your initial deposit up to 100 bucks using that promo code SEC. Again, you can find a link to this in the show notes, but that's prizepicks.com. Promo SEC. They'll match your initial deposit up to a hundred bucks. So you can play play some daily fantasy sports with us. They got all the professional leagues, not just college football. So whatever sport you're into, even UFC, things like that, they got you covered at prizepicks.com. But all right, hey, that's all I got around the SEC. Let's kick it over to our interview with Brian Stoltz. Been on the show a number of times. Wanted to give the other side of the Hugh Freeze coin, so to speak, there on the plains. Auburn fans, I think you're going to like this one. All right, we're pleased to be joined by friend of the show, Brian Stoltz. Of course, you know him. 
on the Twitter machine at Brian J. Stoltz. Give him a follow. And, of course, he's a staff writer for AuburnSports.com, part of the Rivals Network. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. Staying busy, like we said, uh, here in Auburn. And uh, I think the future is bright for this uh, football program. Yeah, no doubt. And I believe, Brian, it was about a year ago this time. You know, we don't have to rehash the uh, the ugliness of the Harson era, but during that, you know, tenuous time, you came on this program and said, hey, if they offer this job to Mr. Hugh Freeze there at Liberty, he will take it in a heartbeat. Flash forward less than a year later, he is the head coach of Auburn. Uh, so just knowing Hugh like you do, why did he take his job? Uh, he wants to rewrite his story in the SEC and have a different ending than he did at Ole Miss. He told me that way back in 2018 when he was still unemployed. He wanted to get back in the South. He wanted to prove that he can win in the SEC. I think he will. Uh, he wants to prove that everything that he did at Ole Miss was just a one-time thing, uh, and that uh, you know he's a, that he can win when uh, at one of the best programs I think in the you know top 15 program in the nation. And uh, he just wanted this job. He, he he wanted this job for a long time. Uh, he told me about it. I mean, he, he he was worried that they might offer him and stuff like that. And uh, just it, it just worked out for him this time. And I'm just I'm happy for him. I think uh, some of this the uh, lies that are being you know being spread around about you know the the situation of Briarcrest and uh, with the tie dye T shirt or whatever Grateful Dead T shirt and stuff like that is totally bogus. The timeline doesn't add up. I've heard from numerous people at Briarcrest that uh, have told me that. Uh, and, um, you know, I think uh, once you get to know the guy, I think when, once he starts winning, all this uh, other stuff is going to blow away. And uh, I think Auburn got the perfect fit for this job. And I know he wants to be here and I know he wants to retire here. So I think they got the guy that uh, will stay here quite a while. Now, what makes you think, Brian, that, uh, you know, because that was a big theme of his introductory, of you know, second chances, not mm -hmm. uh, clearly, you know, uh, he can't have any missteps here at Auburn. Uh, what what gives you confidence that that is all behind Hugh Freeze? I think he's a guy that uh, learned from his learned from the second chance. I mean, Liberty did, did give him a second chance. He took uh, took advantage of that. He kept his nose clean. Uh, the, the direct message situation was blown out of proportion. I think, in my in my opinion, and from talking to him, uh, you know, he was trying to reach out. I mean, we met via DM on Twitter. Uh, after I'd been critical of him, and uh, I got to know the guy, I love the guy, and uh, you know, it's not the same situation I would say, but at the same time, uh, he didn't mean anything by it I would say, and uh, uh, just uh, I think he's learned from his, his lesson. I think he's learned from, uh, you know, I met him when he was down in the dumps and you know unemployed and didn't think he'd ever coach again, and you know, he, all he wanted was a second chance. All he wanted was a second opportunity to uh, come and show what he loves to do what he does best, and that is coach football, uh, pour in his players, and uh, build young men into uh, leaders and stuff like that. So I, I, I think every second that he's uh, here at Auburn, I think he'll put his best foot forward. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, uh, he, he, like I said, he's learned from his mistakes. He, he paid for it. He paid his penance. And uh, I think he uh, will be better for it. A better per I think he's become a better person. I think he's become a better coach and uh, because of it. And uh, we'll see what he can do here. Uh, if he wins, he wins. Um, but, you know, if he starts winning, all that, all that stuff will disappear and people will start to love him. Now, if I can push back for just a minute here, Brian, I mean, you have been saying this for a while. This is not 
something that, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze got the job at Auburn. You cover Auburn, so you, you did a 180. You've been saying this before he was head coach. But yeah. is it also fair? I mean, if you look at who's criticizing Hugh Freeze right now, it's mostly mm-hmm. national media. It's media that doesn't mm-hmm. have to deal with the program day to day. And then it, the people that are kind of, um, I don't want to say overlooking, but but maybe more willing to give him uh, a second opportunity here are people that have to deal with him on a day-to-day basis to do their jobs. Is is it fair for people to look at the situation like that? And again, I'm not necessarily throwing you into this boat because, like I said, you were saying he deserves a second chance long before he got this Auburn job. I, I can totally understand the outside perception. I can totally understand it. You know, he, he made mistakes with the uh, – the situation, the personal transgressions at Ole Miss, he, you know, he made mistakes with recruiting violations. I mean, that DM was not a good look for him. I told him that on on phone uh, when it broke out in July, and we had a deep conversation about that. I understand the outside perception. I understand why people think he is who he is. I was once that person. I can personally say that I was once that person. I thought he was a hypocrite. I thought he was a fraud. I thought everything bad thing about Hugh Freeze. But then I got to know the guy. I got to – not everyone's – and I understand not everyone's going to have this opportunity. Very few people are. But to sit down with him, to sit down with his family, to sit down, have dinner with him, sit down, just have personal conversations with him on a deep, deep level and just, you know, get to know him for who he is. He, he was totally – he's 180 of what I thought he was when I didn't know him. And if, if somebody – I mean, people need to give everyone a chance, uh, I think, when they meet them. I mean, yeah, you can have your outside perception. You can have your opinions about a person. That's fine. We all do it. I, I agree with that. I have outside perceptions of a lot of people uh, that, that are probably not right. Some might be right. Some might not be right. But at the same time, uh, if you get to know the guy like I have, if you get to know the person he is, the coach he is, how much his players love him, how much his coaches love him, how much his family loves him, and how much he puts into every aspect of a football program, uh, I think 99.0% of people would, would change their mind. But at the same time, I understand that not everyone's going to have that opportunity. Like I said, very few people will. But at the same time, I say give him a chance. You know, the past is the past. And uh, he's paid his penance. And... You know, I think uh, he will be great for this Auburn football program. Now, where were you at, Brian, with uh, coaching staff hiring there on on Hughes' first staff? I know he referenced uh, in the introductory press conference he may not call plays. He's a heck of a play caller. So, yeah. um, any insight into – I know they're bringing back Wesley McGriff. That's a name all SEC mm-hmm. fans should know. A heck of a recruiter. He's been all mm-hmm. over the SEC. Uh, Jake Thornton, I believe, is a guy's name, former Ole Miss offensive line coach. He did, he did a hell of a job in Oxford. So we know absolutely we know they're bringing him in. Uh, any other insight into uh, what this what this staff is going to look like? And, and is anybody being retained? Uh, Cadillac is definitely being retained. Right, right. We knew that for the very first press. <laughs> that was the smartest thing he could do was just to knock it out of the park. Say, hey, I would have I would have had to beg him plead Cadillac if he didn't want to stay. <laughs> and Cadillac is an Auburn legend, and he got a standing ovation. Uh, Cadillac got a standing ovation during the introductory press conference for Hugh Freeze. And that, that says a lot about who Cadillac is and who he's been over the past five weeks with this team uh, after uh, Brian Harsons was, was fired. Um, I think, uh, you know, he's brought some uh, people he trusts 
down from Liberty, including Ben, uh, I forget how to say his last name, tight ends coach, um, Maurice Harris, uh, his, uh, I think he brought in uh, his uh, Ken Austin, his co-offense coordinator, who's going to, I think, be an analyst. Uh, he's brought in Matt Evans, his uh, chief of staff, who was at Liberty with him. And some of these guys were at Ole Miss with him. So they know, they know the SEC. It's not like they're coming in from Liberty out of the blue. They were at Ole Miss with them, and uh, they know how to work the SEC. They know how to recruit. They've been gone. They've been recruiting nonstop, I mean, the past week, ever since they got here. And uh, I think as far as offense coordinator and defensive coordinator, who knows? It would shock me, though, when, you said, uh, when he said he might not call plays. It would shock me that he would not call plays because that's just one of his – that's one of his favorite things to do. And even after the BYU game when I was at Open Lynchburg, I saw him the next day and he said, uh, yeah, I, that's one of the top five games I've ever called. He said, I was two steps ahead. And I love when I'm like that. So it would, it would shock me if uh, Hugh is not the main play caller uh, when it comes all down to it. And you keep hitting on recruiting. I know that's going to be paramount for Auburn, uh, not just this cycle, but looking forward. Can you – Recall, has there ever been a time that, that Auburn, the state of the roster, is in the shape that it's currently in? And and on the bright side, Brian, I mean, we got the transfer portal. You can turn over a mm-hmm. roster quicker than ever, but uh, they, mm-hmm. they they really got to hit that hard to, to fix the issues if they're going to be competitive this fall. I think the transfer portal is huge. You saw what Brian Kelly did at LSU. You saw what uh, Lincoln Riley did at USC. I mean, you can turn around a program very, very quickly and turn it into a team playing an SEC championship and a Pac-12 championship. I mean, I think that is a big key for this team. I think the roster as it stands right now, there's not a lot of SEC quality on it. I mean, to be frank, and uh, I think they need to bring in some guys that can uh, uh, contribute immediately. I think everyone knows that on the staff. I think when the transfer portal, they were just going hard as could be, and that they know that they need to build this roster very, very quickly. Or, uh, you know, it could be a rough first year. It's going to be a rebuilding process. I mean, like I said, this roster is not of SEC quality right now. Uh, it's going to take, uh, you know, some recruiting, some transfer portals. Hopefully they get uh, Robbie Ashford to be, uh, you know, the Robbie Ashford I think he can be under Hugh Freeze. I mean, Malik Willis was nothing until he uh, got to, to the league under uh, Freeze, and I think that, that's a good sign for what Robbie Ashford could do. But at the same time, I think the offensive line, defensive line, uh, you know, receivers, they all need to have a step up in talent for this to be a 8-9 win team in Hughes' first year. Yeah, I'm glad you you referenced uh, Robbie Ashford because I wanted to ask you about him. I mean, he seems kind of tailor-made for this system. Mm-hmm. And, he, he, you know, he flashed at times very raw, but, I mean, heck, he I think he had his best throw of the season in the Iron Bowl. He did. And, you know, what's your confidence level? I mean, I, I would imagine they still got to bring in other quarterbacks to compete, but uh, what's your confidence level that Hugh can get the most out of Robbie Ashford and, and maybe by the end of his Auburn career, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC? I mean, I have 100% uh, confidence in Hugh because when Malik went, when Malik Willis went to Liberty, I had an off, off, you know, off the record, or not off the record, but, you know, just a text chain with, with text conversation with you i'm like how my boy, how's my boy malik doing he goes he's gonna need a lot of work <laughs> so uh and then he went out that first that first year led him to a what a 10 of one season uh led him to a victory over uh jamie chadwell and the coastal undefeated coastal carolina and uh, he was awesome i mean he turned into a great passer i mean he's 
what is he starting for the Tennessee Titans now? Because uh, somebody's hurt. But, uh, you know, two years ago, if you told me that Malik Willis would have been drafted, I would have laughed at you. But the way that Hugh developed quarterbacks, along with uh, uh, Ken Austin, uh, is, is special. I think uh, Robbie Asford has natural ability. I think he had nobody here that could coach him up this year uh, like Hugh can. I think uh, after two years off uh, of not playing, he was a little rusty. And at the same time, his offensive line was not good. His receiving staff or receiving core was not good. He had Tank and uh, Jarquez in the background or backfield, which helped. But, you know, um, I think a little tutelage under Hugh and Austin, and uh, I think Asher could be uh, really special. Now, it's no secret, Brian, that uh, Hugh Freeze is, is friends with Gus Malzahn, and mm-hmm. I've not heard this discussed at much length, but how – how helpful do you think that could be to Hugh Freeze to, uh, you know, knowing who he can and, and maybe shouldn't trust at Auburn or or, or who he needs to, uh, you know, uh, Hugh is a guy that I, I think could, could do well, obviously, in the locker room and the recruiting, but also mm-hmm. with the boosters and, and all these clubs mm-hmm. and everything. How big of a help do you think Gus Malzahn could be to Hugh Freeze if, if Freeze reaches out? I'm, I'm sure he will. I think, I think Gus will be a major help. I know Gus – and Hugh love each other uh, like almost like brothers. Uh, it's kind of weird that uh, he stepped into the same situation that Gus was uh, just two years ago. Um, but at the same time, there's no hard feelings there, I, I would think. And uh, I think Gus will be able to give some advice on how to handle, you know, some of the boosters, some of the powers to be in the athletic department. Uh, it's been a complete makeshift since uh, uh, Gus was here, though. I mean, you know, new athletic, new athletic director, new president at the, of the university, uh, so, I mean, I don't know how much he can help with that, but dealing with the boosters, people you can't trust, um, would be a major, major, uh, thing for, um, Hugh and to talk to, but to, to talk with Gus about it. And, uh, I think Gus would be nothing but helpful. All right. Last thing for you, Brian, I really appreciate all your time. If you're looking at this Auburn job and if there's a coach that Nick Saban and Kirby Smart least wanted to get the Auburn job, like a realistic candidate. I'm not talking Bill Belichick or, or Urban Meyer yeah. or something like that. A realistic yeah. candidate. Is there anyone that I think Nick Saban and Kirby Smart are more pissed off land at Auburn than Hugh Freeze? As Hugh said, uh, he loves – he's friends with uh, Nick Saban and Miss Terry Saban, and he says, I hope they're a little nervous right now. And I think uh, Saban and Kirby are because he's gone into Tuscaloosa. He's beaten – uh, Alabama there he's gone uh, he's beaten Georgia uh, so uh, I think he beat him pretty bad in uh, Kirby's first two years which was totally different than it is now but at the same time he uh, knows how to beat those guys and I think uh, I if the Harson hire didn't make any noise in Tuscaloosa or Athens I think this hire did because uh, uh, there's been a lot of backlash from those fans uh, who are angry that he's here now uh, I think uh, Kirby and uh, Nick are on the watch for uh, what Auburn can do under Freeze, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if he pulls an upset against one of those two uh, next year. All right, he's Brian Stoltz. Give him a follow at Brian J Stoltz and check out all his work and his coworkers' work there. AuburnSports.com. All right, so just want to say thanks again, Brian, for joining the show, providing some context. You know, he, he is a little biased. Friends of Hugh Freeze covers Auburn, but I think he makes some great points. And I certainly hope for Auburn fans this works out. Auburn's one of the special places in college football. I mean, look no further than that Texas A&M game. I mean, that place was rocking. 
And those were two, I think they were each four and six at the time. Something crazy like that. Sold out atmosphere. Hungry for a winner. They at least know they've got a coach that is going to be driven to succeed. He's won in this league before. He's beaten the best in this league. He's beaten the best this league has to offer. He's going to recruit his ass off. He's an offensive-minded coach, something that has been missing at Auburn, a quarterback developer. That has certainly been missing for damn near a decade there at Auburn. There's, If I'm an Auburn fan, if you can get past some of the other stuff, and as soon as you start winning, you'd be amazed how fast people turn the corner. Could be a very, very bright future there on the plains under old Hugh Freeze. But all right, hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. This week's worth of shows here. Still trying to go strong during the offseason. As long as there's news, we're going to bring it to you guys. We've got some other guest interviews lined up, including an in-studio guest coming up fairly soon. Pretty excited about this one. Uh, Should be an entertaining one, but just want to say thanks again, everybody sticking with us here. I know we're in middle December. You got to be an SEC diehard to be listening to a show like this in the middle of December. This is why we keep showing up is for folks like you that want their SEC content. We're going to keep giving it to you as best as we can. And hopefully, as soon as that big Tennessee homer's back on his feet, he'll be back on the show. But thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one.